if you could wrap up the press <laughs> strategy and reaction of this show, I would call it thirst because I feel like <laughs> everyone's thirsty. I mean, I've even seen people thirsting over thing. People are making compilations. But you know what? If it's for the guy who played the hand, good for him. I know, but (laughs) just his hand? They're only interested in the hand. Hands can do great things. Hands can do great things. I actually that when I shouldn't have. Uh, hi there. Welcome hi. to Obsessed, the pop culture podcast where we discuss the latest hot topics occupying our collective brain space. I'm Lauren. Um, I'm a writer, producer, and comedian. And I'm Kayla. I'm a writer, producer, and filmmaker. And today I'm leading the episode and boy do we have so much to talk about channeling our newest favorite goth teenage girly welcome back (laughs) if you'd like to support this podcast uh you can always follow us at patreon.com uh that link is in our bio and if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can do so at obsessed underscore podcast. Um, again, you can find that link in bio for Patreon. <laughs> and you can also find the links to our social media accounts. You know, mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to follow felt us and so see. Inclined. Yeah, I felt so inclined to see the daily happenings of our lives. <laughs> okay, Lauren, this is such an exciting episode um, because we are going to get to dive into, I mean, what is probably the biggest TV show release of this year, and I don't even care if it's not true. Um, if that's not a true, true statistic, it's definitely close to one of the biggest releases this year, which is Wednesday, Tim Burton's yeah. new series on Netflix. So we have such an exciting episode to dive into. I'm taking us down the rabbit hole of Dark Academia, and I mean, this show being coming about at like the most perfect time in pop culture. <laughs> um, but first, a little background on this topic. So Dark Academia has been, I don't know if you've noticed, it's been trending, especially on like TikTok amongst and like interesting and really? like Gen Z circles, which is like 96 well, I guess to what 06. Is, what is Dark Academia? Dark Academia rose in popularity during the COVID-19 pandemic. Amazing. Um, that makes total sense. We yeah. were not at school and we all yeah, wanted exactly. to be in other places, exactly. other worlds. And it's actually funny you say that because that's exactly what a lot of people, you know, uh, tie it into oh, is okay. that the in October 2020, the Dark Academia hashtag had over 90 million views on TikTok. Um, and by October <laughs> 2021, it had 500 million. Um, wow. And by October 2022, <laughs> 3 billion views on TikTok. Um, so it's really accredited to the fact that- How many that people are even on TikTok? I know, right? So like, like it's like everybody's watched. <laughs> everybody's watched something Dark Academia. I mean, I know I have. And especially a lot of things get tagged at, you know, that maybe mm. are not exactly Dark Academia, but- uh, basically, a lot of people think that the reason this happened is because of like the shutdown of schools. Mm. A lot of kids were kind of cut off from all of their friends. Yeah. Like they weren't, they kind of wanted to be at school in those social situations. And yeah. so because they weren't there, they were able to like conceptualize yeah, like totally. what their school would be, you know, mm-hmm. if they were able to be at school. And also it was a very dark time. Like mm-hmm. COVID was very depressing, very, probably the most morbid time any of us mm-hmm. have ever, knock on wood, yeah. lived through. Um, <laughs> and, fucking exactly. Um, so much death and despair. <laughs> yeah. And so kind of a lot of people did kind of turn towards fantasy and fantastical elements to get through that. That's always like something that kind of rises in popularity when people are going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. And then coupled with not being able to be in school and like kind of, fantasizing what what school could be like if you were learning basically how to defend yourself against all like the the morose Mm -hmm. information you're getting you you get like this very large interest in dark academia yeah right So, so like the study of dark academia how it's kind of defined is that the style tries to evoke like students and fashion from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, mm. using genderless fashion. Um, it's a term that didn't come from literature, actually, even though it sounds very, like, literary. <laughs> um, it didn't even come from movies or television. It actually, uh, it's, it's because, you know, it does evoke, like, old classical styles. It sounds right. like something that's been around for a very long time. Has it? Right. Um, it actually got started on Tumblr oh. in 2014. Okay. But you know what, though? Yes. The greatest minds were on Tumblr they in 2014. They really, really were. They really defined our culture. They did. The poets. Yeah. The dark, depressed poets. We already had the sad girl, sad boy era. It did come. I feel like if you're 
like an older Gen Z, you feel like you're living life twice, but like maybe as the driver this time a bit more than last time, like as the passenger, because yeah. it's really wasn't that long ago. Like 2014 also, is like high school. To be honest, a lot of people are, I, are jumping back onto Tumblr because of Twitter. And ah. so maybe we'll have even more better thoughts and poets come yeah, out of that. Come out of that, that extra dark. Yeah, yeah. But you can't fit into a TikTok dance. You're going to be writing into On a... Tumblr. Oh, my God. Like you know a, what? So much more word count. It's overly dramatic. You have so much space. Overly dramatic essays. I, and now I understand why it's better. Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so it's funny because around that time, it was being used uh, by internet users who had an interest in the gothic, yeah. like campus-based aesthetic. Um, and now it's just become like this catch-all term for any kind of visual style whose characters subscribe to these main tenets. Mm-hmm. Relentless pursuit of knowledge. So you mm-hmm. notice it's very like booky, bookwormy. It's the boy dressed in all black, weirdly in a suit in a library, but he's a high school student, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, violence and often murder. Love. Yeah, so that's what we're studying, right? We're gonna I would be, love it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so amazing. Um, Anatomy uh, and physiology, I'm there. <laughs> exactly. How to kill somebody, how to yes. disassemble someone in, in several parts. Disassemble. That's what, that's what he's reading in the library. <laughs> part one to part two. And the last thing being a dedication to a specific kind of lifestyle that's cut off from the rest of the modern world. So like magical. Yes. So like an outcast. Okay. You're oh. an outlier, right? And so, okay, okay. and so that's kind of how you, you kind of can see certain things coming up in pop culture that are creating characters that fit perfectly into this narrative. Yeah. Like Wednesday, like yeah. it, it's, it's such a specific aesthetic, but it also mm. makes sense that COVID kind of did all of those three things, right? Pursuit of knowledge, you were still needing to study. A lot yeah. of people were doubling down and trying to learn something mm-hmm. and trying to be mm-hmm. their best self and trying to study yep. things, uh, murder, violence. There was a lot of violence. Mm-hmm. We had, you know, 2020 happen. We had Freedom Summer happen. So many shootings. Yeah. Like it was a very violent yeah. time and people and were dying. <laughs> also, like I feel like with murders as like a plot line per se or as something that happens, there's always these narratives about vengeance or justice or whatnot and I think that was also like a huge topic at the time it's like I'm doing this because I need to get back at this thing that you wronged or you need to learn a lesson and in a weird way I think all of us were feeling uh you know disconnected disillusioned whatever 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 but I think that also like lends itself to these uh these feelings of being like I need to sort of see those feelings on screen yeah and, and also, like, avenge us all for the for the destruction and violence that we've been seeing, right? Yes. They're like, yeah. if I learned how to, like, take somebody down, like, if, yes. I, if I become the darkness that I feel like I'm experiencing, then I can, like, control it better, right? Yeah, totally. And so the resurgence of interest in this storytelling has gained much, most of its interest from Gen Z. So that's, like, anyone between 96, 2006. Yeah, learning yeah. about yeah. the style, embracing its, like, visual appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, and this usually includes clothes, like, Tweed blazers, plaid skirts, <laughs> sweaters, ties, you know, anything that feels like 1940s, like Ivy League prep school, boarding school. You know, yeah. he's shipped off to boarding school in shipped. London. Shipped. <laughs> yeah, his parents do not want him. Yes, he, his parents do not want him. He's going to a feeder school. They're and, working you know, full time and need a ton of time alone. <laughs> absolutely. He's in a Rhode Island boys boarding school. You know what I mean? Um, and it has been mostly like aesthetic driven I would say I don't Mm -hmm. think people are necessarily sitting around writing scrolls of like murder and destruction (laughs) as much as like conceptualizing the idea of romanticizing their mundane lives Mm -hmm. by just dressing up in in ways that feel darker than they Mm -hmm. are and like more mysterious Mm -hmm. um so fans of dark academia are usually really big fans of like candles drinking lots of like coffee tea solitude writing with your cup of coffee and your candle Uh you know by yourself using ink pens felt tip pens have become like more popular now right like yeah and it's funny because there are these simple things that you can go oh i guess i have started doing that more like in the last three <laughs> years or something because it's just become trendy but it's interesting mm. to kind of see where that aesthetic does overlap are you saying that uh the characteristics that are present within dark academia are are things that like our lives have started to integrate or replicate more Absolutely. seriously and so the minute you see that you're like oh I resonate with it now yeah and I want to know more or something like that yeah okay, okay, I think it's also because sense. it's such a big trend that yeah. you might not realize that that's where a lot of the things that trends that you're picking up are coming right. from like right wanting right. to read a book all day and be in a right. study and write poetry right. with your felt tip pen right. and like with your coffee your dark 
black yeah. coffee, you know, rooting by yourself in the cafe. It's yeah. all very dark academic. Which is hilarious because those those are always the, you know, like the like hours of lo-fi tunes or whatever Absolutely. on YouTube. All those covers are always that fucking image. Absolutely. It is. <laughs> That's exactly. And he's listening to lo-fi tunes, brooding, <laughs> yes. thinking. I mean, it feels like expansive yes. like to the mind. No, isn't that fascinating? So something I always found interesting is that it's, a lot of people say that the genre takes mm-hmm. its cues from like gothic and romantic literature, like Donna Tartt's The Secret Garden. And look, while I don't disagree with that, <laughs> I just, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, air us out, I don't care, but I just feel like I just don't feel confident that, that many people in this age group are sitting there reading The Secret Garden. As much as they no, are- no, no, they're watching the movie. They're watching the movie. They're watching the movie. But did I did I read and watch the movie and still remember nothing? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, did you really watch The Secret Garden and I then I could go not tell you at all what happens other than a girl discovers The Secret Garden. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know any other plot. Place. No, I'm like, is that is that really, we're going to just tie it all? Oh, back secret. I feel like there's so many other things. Harry Potter. I mean, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, we didn't. Yeah. We don't come to Harry Potter before Secret yeah. Garden. Like yeah. you know, we're like we're like any anime. I really yeah. credit anime for so much of this. Like there, you know, Death Note, Black Butler, Violet Evergarden. Like mm-hmm. there's uh, Little Witch Academy. Um, the the um, I'm forgetting what it's called. The incredible gambling, the gambling anime, which is so wonderful. But I think of dark academia. I think of that anime, which is like students running around in like dark clothing like uniforms um mm-hmm. learning the art of gambling through like sadistic <laughs> means to like torture each other and like yeah. level up in this school it's like yeah. it's like two a t they're all kind of crazy and it's like very hyper serious but i mean look all of this comes to a head when everybody's favorite slightly problematic gothic director yeah. drops yep. what is probably the best example to a t of a dark academia plot line with wednesday on netflix jenna ortega gives a draw dropping <laughs> aged up refresh to like a once one dimensional and iconic character Wednesday Adams and honestly the show is a stunner from the very beginning I had like an incomparable urge to watch her just turn and paint the town <laughs> black I think a lot of people uh like there's this fo- sometimes there's a focus on a character in a really successful movie and everyone's like obviously the movie's successful obviously all the characters are great but this is one that like always stands out and so I think to to have not just a movie, but a series about her life specifically, I think that also adds to like how much like cultural fascination there is because they're like, this is a famous character and I've always wanted to know more. Let's get into this show. I am <laughs> so glad that you've watched Wednesday because it also makes this conversation go a lot better <laughs> I did but I, I will say I watched it when I wasn't really paying a ton of attention so like if you bring things up I'll be like oh right yeah, but I'm, I don't know if I can tell you right now what happened like everything I understand that. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, like, yeah. it's like honestly especially because it was such a fast watch there's even like I've watched a couple of you know different like uh, reactions preparing for this mm-hmm. episode and I've been like oh yeah that did happen yeah, like, yeah, you yeah. watch something so fast you just yeah. like, uh, digest like not even digesting you're just like shoveling it down your throat yes exactly so I am so, so take so me excited. through Let's it. Go through this <laughs> incredible show. Okay, so the first first standpoint, I think it's so good to get out of the way. The diversity in the show mm-hmm. is honestly really refreshing because mm-hmm. the Adams family is, I mean, as you would it would suggest with all of their names, especially Gomez Adams, <laughs> is a traditionally Latin family, mm-hmm. but it has historically been whitewashed mm-hmm. up until now. Um, and the inclusion of like wow, an all that's Latin, crazy! I didn't even insane? know that. But also the diversity in the actual show is something that we're not used to from Tim Burton, which we will get into later. Ooh, okay. Some more. I like that. Um, but I think that that's a really uh, that was a really big key point that stuck out to a lot of people and added a lot of like texture to mm. um, the show. And so from this point on, there is going to be. This episode is going to be chock full of spoilers. <laughs> Every single plot point will be spoiled. If you I really haven't hope watched, you figured that out by now. figure that out by now. But yeah, I'm not going to be ducking and dodging around the ending, what happens, who done it. You're going to know everything. Also, people love a murder mystery. Yes, people love a murder mystery. Um, I love murder mystery. So if you don't mind getting it spoiled stay here for a good overview of the season um but if and you'll 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 be with me as i remember it exactly exactly (laughs) and if you haven't watched it by now honestly that's your fault (laughs) (laughs) okay so a little background Mm -hmm. to to get everybody up to speed so 
Wednesday Adams of the Adams family mm-hmm. gets expelled from her current high school for putting a piranha yeah. in the <laughs> in the swimming pool. I didn't know she was a fucking murderer. I, I mean, I guess she is supposed to be, but it is pretty gnarly. Starts off the, the the season one, episode one, first scene. You're like, okay, we're not in our world. <laughs> Absolutely, like she's going into the school. She's dressed in all black. She's this like dreary character with her mm-hmm. infamous pigtails that obviously does not belong in this like colorful normie kid world. Mm-hmm. Um, and her brother. Pugsley is getting bullied by some also, jocks. So cute, so adorable. I feel so bad for him. But he gets locked in um, Wednesday's locker. Uh, Wednesday asks him who did it, and she has her first uh, psychic vision of the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, oh right, she's yes. psychic. Yeah, she's psychic. Okay, and then yeah. she sees that it's some of the swimming varsity like jock boys. So she procures two. Uh, bags of piranhas somehow as a child they're very easy to procure and she throws them in the swimming pool as the swim team is having practice um the jock loses a nut and then wednesday is sent to nevermore academy the school for outcasts who don't fit into normal society Mm. and the school is housed in a quote-unquote normie town of jericho whose founder joseph crackstone has an ancient link to the adams family by way of trying to exterminate all of the outcasts back in the 1600s, like Salem witch style. <laughs> um, yes, very sad. We don't like him. Um, and one of those outcasts that he tried to kill off is Wednesday's ancestor, Goody Adams. Um, and so when Wednesday gets to Nevermore, there's been like a string of gruesome murders in the mm. woods. And Wednesday is determined to find out like who and what is behind it. And somehow as like a, teenage murderous outcast she becomes like this anti-hero um that we we get to follow throughout she ends up being like roomed with this bright burst of bubbling sunshine enid mm-hmm. um who is the opposite of her in every way mm-hmm. and a That's werewolf her roommate, her roommate okay, yeah, yeah and a werewolf that hasn't uh transformed yet so she's never mm-hmm. wolfed out as they call it in the show um and all in all which by the way when it happens spoiler alert is terrifying, terrifying to watch. but also hilarious i mean okay so Enid is this like bright bubbly burst of color. She's everything about her is like pastel and purple and pinks. And then when she wolfs out, she has this like purplish poof on the top of her wolf head. I just I can't um, like I guess I've never really given it a thought, but now that I have, I can't imagine how painful it would be to be a werewolf. I know, yeah, it's because not sound at, worth like it. every time it's depicted, it's like the person. The werewolf grows from the person. Yeah. Which, like, I mean, I've never had growing pains because I'm only 5'4", <laughs> but if I were to have them, it, it would probably terrible. be like that on steroids. Yes. It sounds like growing pains times 50. Yeah. So it's just imagine feeling that, but in a visual form. And That's what happens. And it so painful. They're screaming. Yeah. I'm like, this really is not worth it. Yeah. They um, always do scream. Yeah. They're always screaming. It's never like, oh, this is easy for us. Like, every, like you know, like when a vampire turns into a time. bat, they're not like screaming. When the no. bat turns back into the human, no one's like, uh, you know, but like the werewolf. Imagine the Oh my God. But the werewolf is just How like. How loud would that be? You know? know, it's honestly like, yeah, not a very good like um, offshoot of their power because they're like very <laughs> vulnerable. And for those seconds when they're like transforming, oh, yeah. on the ground, quivering. <laughs> but this is like the minute she gets to the school, we kind of see that it's Wednesday, aged up for mm-hmm. a new generation, right? So yeah. before, just as you were saying, we had this like very one dimensional, iconic character, but you know she was younger. Mm-hmm. She she wasn't necessarily the prevalent face of like the Adams family, right? right? She's not like the first thing you think of. So right. now we get this like aged up badass high school Wednesday, um, very Gen Z inspired. She shows up with those bangs. First of all, like <laughs> we've never seen a bang on Wednesday Adams. <laughs> um, and from what I was reading, Tara McDonald, the makeup artist mm-hmm. and um, hair and lead hair and makeup producer on the project saw jenna come to set mm-hmm. in those bangs the first day just like without oh, her hair being done yeah her, interesting that's just like her natural overcut like yeah. shaggy bangs um and knew that that was going to be the secret to giving wednesday a relatable look oh, so that current like teens actually felt a connection to this like very dark um little girl uh this classic character and 
I did definitely run out and um, immediately cut bangs. So uh, thank you so much, Tara. Thank you so much for noticing. Tara, thank you so much for telling us all to get bangs because I did definitely go right out and cut some bangs. They're still curtain bangs because nobody has time to so do all, across cute, the curtain. So the cute. Bangs. I already immediately when she sat down took like a billion photos because I was like, this needs to be documented. Thank you so much. I and you know you what? Guys all have your bangs. I will be posting them somewhere. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Maybe Tumblr too. <laughs> So many amazing iconic looks though like immediately came out of out of that that show is was there anything that like really kind of took you like that you gravitated towards what did you think of Wednesday when like you first saw the character did you like her did you what did you want like her kind of like arc to be um I thought she looked gorgeous I thought it was sweet that she was really good to her brother mm-hmm. um I <laughs> I thought she was both like the expected amount of dark in terms of like, you know, they always do the exact opposite of what they're supposed to do or always want the exact opposite or think the mm-hmm. exact opposite of normal is, is normal, which is why it's comedic. Right. Cause they're like, uh, the reverse or the unexpected answer. Um, so that was definitely there. And I, even though I've always known that that comedy is darkness, which is why it's funny. I still was like, because it was in a modern sort of setting, I guess it, it did also make me think like, Oh my God, like she is dark, you know, like she is a murderer, you know, like at one point, didn't they even mention that like one of the parents of the sons who like died or something was, were suing them from the piranha thing. Oh, Oh yes. Well, he didn't die. He just lost a ball. Like he lost a nut. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he'll like, I'm, I think, still have children. Maybe. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. And her parents are just like fully for it. But you have to do a really good thing with her being hot. She was hot. Yeah. She and, was I, hot. and I don't, that's not a. I mean, she's also just she's hot. She's also just hot, but they yeah. could have made her look not hot. It's yes. It's easy to make any actor look not hot, but they made her look so hot. Yeah. She was beautiful in yeah. even the weirdest scene. And I think yeah. that's such an interesting way to take this character mm-hmm. it also shows that they understood how much this fit into the aesthetic that the target audience the current generation they're trying to target likes yeah because before wednesday adams is kooky like you, mm-hmm. you see pictures of her yeah you can acknowledge that okay in some world maybe that's a pretty little girl but you're that's not really the first that's not the intention the makeup yeah. the way it's done it's so spooky so pale so taut and tight and like you're really just looking at her and going, oh, yeah, weird little girl, you know? And they could have yeah. easily made her with the budget and the right. team and it being Tim Burton. Come on. Right. She could have looked so weird. Yeah. But instead. Oh, true. Super true. Super. She could have, yeah. she could have been a, like a real She could have been a hag, a hag. Which she is because yeah. she's a witch. She's a Wait, witch. no, no she's, she's not. not a witch. Her, okay. I'm her sorry. Mother, I forgot who the Adams were for like. You know, her mother is a witch, though. <laughs> okay. And Morticia is a witch. That's what I thought because in the movie, wasn't she stirring a pot? Yeah, yeah, Morticia's a witch. Okay, so yeah. she's she's kind of a hag. Yeah. Okay. But she's not, but instead she's gorgeous. They're all beautiful, yeah. and I think that that's, there's so many things they do, like even that that first challenge where she's wearing like a cat uniform, you know? Yeah. I feel like that was some kind of weird, like, <laughs> like are you guys on TikTok? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. She's wearing cat ears now? Yeah. It's like, does it get any better than this? Um, <laughs> there's There are so many, like, really interesting, like, nods to, um, just like things that they knew that we're going to really take off with the yeah. current like culture. I think it's so fascinating. Um, and also really cool, complex female leads. Like mm. she's not perfect. Like she's, she's kind of crazy. Like mm-hmm. you're not always rooting for her, Yeah, but in a way you kind of are. I, I noticed mm-hmm. that immediately I didn't want her to get, I didn't want her to get any of Enid's brightness. Like yeah. when they showed up in that room, usually that character would show up and you'd go, oh my gosh, hopefully by the end of this you know, series, she'll have a little more color about her. I didn't yeah. want that at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was so relieved when the principal <laughs> brought her like the black uniform. I was like, thank Aww. God. You know, yeah. it's like, I think it's such an interesting like way that they immediately make you kind of love this character, yeah. even though she just like, m- like maimed people. <laughs> she just like maimed some kids, like doesn't say much and is like very outwardly rude. But it suddenly you're like, no, this is real. Yeah. She's the real well, she's one. making, she's making choices for herself and she's showing mm. preference and like, when you do that, you're like, oh, yeah, I can do that. And you know what? When it results in what I need it to result in, it makes me feel good. And, like, seeing that person go through that and feel good is almost in a way, like, a, like it's a helpful reminder in a way that I think makes you root for them. Because yeah. you're like, I know that feeling and I want you to have that. That's such a good point. Like, she's the opposite of a reactionary character. Like, mm-hmm. she is a character really driven by 
intense motives. Yeah. And so you're like, okay, I'm with you on this ride. Even when you're making like stupid yeah. decisions, yeah. we're here for you. Which also leads into a critique that I've heard and I also can agree with. That a lot of the other characters in the show are almost purely reactionary. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of a lot of that going around, with maybe the exception of like Principal Weems mm-hmm. and um, you know, a couple of different characters that have to make choices, like Tyler, the boy who, spoiler alert, ends up being the mm-hmm. uh, monster in the woods, and um, maybe like Christina Ricky's character. Um, you know who plot twist is the evil villain at the mm-hmm. end. Uh, she also, could only do that. Like yes. she, she couldn't be in the show if she wasn't actually really important. Absolutely yeah. right. So is like, there a relation to each other again, Christine and Ricky? Because aren't they evil together? Or no? Yes, they are evil together. Yes, yes, but yes. How is their relation? So, so Christine and Ricky's character is playing this like door mom, Mrs. Mm-hmm. Thornhill, and she's like a botanist teacher, and so like the supposedly like sweet, kind, um, fun loving, um, um you know, kind of like cast member. And it's mm-hmm. very interesting because she's supposed to have this positive influence on Wednesday's life. And you do get all of these little like Easter eggs throughout the show. Like looking back, I'm like, yeah, duh, it was her. Like she's like <laughs> weirdly in the like secret society hall by herself and like knowing the passwords. And like, for some weird reason, I, she just didn't cross my mind. Yeah. Um, and basically what she does is she finds out that Tyler is a hide, um, which is like this thing that this like, you know, the, the monster inside of you that like mm. turns into this monster that like eats people basically. Mm-hmm. Um, is that uncommon? Uncommon. It's an uncommon thing. I think okay. there's been like four and they're outlawed from being in the school or in the town. Aww. Um, Can they control it? Uh, that's not yet to really be seen, but okay. it does sound like Tyler's mother, which we do learn along the way, was a hide as well. And she went to the school oh. um, when she was younger. So she was a known hide. Um, Interesting. And it doesn't sound like she was necessarily wreaking havoc on people. So yeah. it does sound like there is an element of control, but his mother died when he was younger. So it doesn't sound like something he was able to to learn. Mm. Um, Mrs. Thornhill is actually the uh, descendant of Joseph Crackstone. I don't know. It sounds like a it sounds like a racist term. Um, <laughs> okay, <laughs> really, we're like we're not hiding who we are. Okay, sorry, sorry. Anyway, um, so, <laughs> by the way, Christina is the OG Wednesday. If you didn't know, <laughs> right, I guess um, we never even. I guess we never acknowledged that. that. So, Mrs. Thornhill is the descendant of Joseph Crackstone, um, mm. and she has come to avenge him and get rid of all of the um, outcasts. Oh, um, so she like really cares about this revenge? Yes, plot. yeah, she really cares about this revenge plot. <laughs> um, she faked her own death she's in the order descendant, to do it. Not even like her father. No, no, no. She's like, just, like yeah. And she like, <laughs> so this is like she's <laughs> old ancestor, old ancestor. How fucking dare you? I know. Like she's like so far down, so far down the line. They have oh, an man, altar. She's not well. Not well. She's an altar to the man in her house. Oh, with candles. <gasps> remember that to she prays to? Yeah, you remember that episode? They the kids break in that. the kids break into the old um the old crackstone family mansion into the crackstone family mansion uh and with tyler fun fact who is literally the hide um to go and look for evidence of the hide and also um and he knows this and right? he knows this um and then along the way he actually turns into the hide while they're on that trip and then so like scary. mauls them basically oh and God. then and then mauls himself to cover up and and, is, and then it's like, oh my god, yeah, 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 it happened exactly, exactly, oh exactly. That's like psycho, psycho, psycho. <laughs> all driven by. Um, Thank you for describing this, by the way. Remember none of this. <laughs> I'm happy, and this is all driven by Mrs. Thornhill. Um, okay. So, so yeah. So that's their relationship to each other, and that's how they're. That's so they're kind of. That's like, crazy that she's like. Okay, so what you're gonna do? Yes, yes. yes, you're gonna you're gonna f- go into the woods. You're gonna transform, hit your friends, yes. maul them, yeah. pretend you didn't do it, so that you maul. Yes. You're, you're gonna injure yourself. Yes, you're gonna scar yourself. Yes. Then you're gonna go to this mansion or whatever. Yeah, like. And then for him to be like, okay. Yeah, and then you're going to run away as if you were not the one just chasing them. You're going to run with them as if there's something to be like, you know. Ch- and and he's it's like, amazing. yeah, makes sense. Makes sense, yep. And the whole time he's basically inadvertently, I really don't even think he knew this was happening, framing Xavier. Because for some weird reason. Um, he, did he know or no? 
No, I don't think he really knew that. But, um, but but he's basically framing Xavier because for some weird reason, Wednesday is convinced that Xavier is the um, the hide because he keeps drawing Why? the hide in his art studio. Like, perfect depiction. But it okay. really seems to be just because he's having, it seems, psychic visions of the hide in his dream, which would make sense because we're told over and over again throughout the series that Xavier's father is like the most infamous psychic in the world. Okay, interesting. Yeah, so those are kind. Of, that's kind of the end of like the characters who are actually. But is his power that when he draws things, he can bring them to life? Yes. Okay. And that is so, one of his. That is so one obviously, of his I get the 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 red herring. It is. It is definitely a red herring that, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. of it being hidden because you're like, well, how else do you know what it looks like all the yeah. time? And you're always. But in also, the right if area. you could, if you could bring something to life in a drawing, why the hell would you ever want to draw anything scary? I know. No, and he doesn't seem like he wants to, but it's like all that's like attacking yeah. his brain, which is so interesting. Yeah. Um. And so those, that's kind of like the end of the characters that actually drive their own narrative plot points. We mm. get a little bit from the um, Siren character. I'm forgetting her name, which is bad, which means that we did not see her enough. Um, but her, her plot line is very interesting. Her parent, her mother is like, involved in a, in a, um, in a cult, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this cult is like the Siren there that like, makes everybody feel good. It, it really reminded me a little bit of um, Novik's book, Deadly, Deadly Education, because the main character in that book is also, or her, her she's also like kind of like a siren, mm. like, a, like a, a magical being that can make an entity that can make other people feel good. And her mother is also very drenched in a cult. <laughs> um, it's like the <laughs> magical being that makes everybody feel really good right. in the cult, and, that, and they attribute it to the right. cult. Um, so I think that, that was like a really weird connection. But uh, besides that, there's really no characters that kind of push their own narrative forward. And that, I think mm. that's something that a lot of people would want to see in like later seasons of the show like <laughs> hint, hint, yeah nudge, hint, nudge. hint <laughs> nudge nudge especially because there are some points that seem to like jump just to fit the narrative mm. like at the beginning uh tyler's relationship to wednesday so strange to get us into some of these characters um he's this towny boy that becomes infatuated with this goth you know dark girl who comes yeah. in and like fixes his coffee machine in like, two <laughs> seconds right um and he weirdly i there's like this weird scene where he gets kind of upset at her and says like you know you're sending me signals and i've seen so many hilarious memes because i completely agree that are like me searching for the signals so like it's like wednesday was sending tyler because i can't i didn't find any i was I remember when he said it i was like she has was there, was there something romantic here uh, something was romantic to you about this like very aloof quiet yeah. girl yeah um which is like so interesting like all all of the men seem to be crumbling around wednesday yeah. wherever she goes or something yeah. about like this soft alt goth girly which that is just really has why them. this is a fantasy yes it's exactly not, it's not the magic to their the, needs. Yeah. yeah exactly um and then we also have Gwendolyn Christie as Principal Weems, which is probably mm-hmm. like one of the breakout characters in this show. And I mean, all the props to Gwendolyn, so happy for her. But it's fascinating and sad to hear. But recently Gwendolyn's been on interviews and she's talked about that, the fact that this is the first um, role she's booked that she was able to be a feminine woman in. This was the first mm. role that she felt beautiful in because mm-hmm. of her height at 6'3 she's one of the tallest women mm-hmm. um one of the tallest female actors in the world yeah. um and she's you know tall and she's not like super model slim mm-hmm. so she's not getting cast as like you know the the like supermodel trophy wife or something like yeah, that yeah i mean you know? she might now yeah exactly she <laughs> might now right Which, oh my like, god the first well, online you is ridiculous welcome, uh, yes, yeah. exactly thank you wednesday and i'm so happy to hear that yeah. she's able to feel beautiful one of the first uh, yeah. roles it was the first role she was able to wear makeup in wow that's the that's the crazy thing though is like absolutely like she looked amazing she looked gorgeous in this role but she was not unattractive in her other roles absolutely you know what i mean it, but it is interesting that like you're right because she goes against the regular the regular quote-unquote beauty standard the expected beauty standard people will be like, yeah, that can't be you. So you have to be this, which is hilarious yeah. because even then it's like, uh, actually you look hot, you look great, yeah. but for different reasons. For different reasons. And, and think, you're yeah. not allowed apparently to have like the hotness that's just like the innate femininity, quote unquote. Like you can't lean into that sort of hotness because that's threatening. You know? Yes, exactly. And that doesn't fit what we expect mm-hmm. somebody, you know, you're, oh, you're not small and petite. And, you know, and I think it's right. so funny. That's so when, fascinating. When she said that, a lot of people, a lot of people online kind of jumped to go, 
what you know she was wearing she rocked that red lipstick and in, in you know as lucifer in the sandman what she was so gorgeous i'm like but that's not a feminine role and i think yeah. it's okay to want to be feminine that's yeah. okay it's okay a woman can yeah. say you know anyone can say they want to be feminine mm-hmm. if you're a person that wants to be feminine and people are not yeah. letting you be feminine there's a problem yeah. that's I mean, happening femininity here. is is uh in a patriarchy obviously looked down upon exactly and not only that but like a means of subjugation and so like mm-hmm. the closer you are to femininity the like closer you are uh to not being strong to you know to yes. all of the things that like make men quote unquote the best in a patriarchy and Gwendolyn always plays the strong mm-hmm. powerful domineering role mm-hmm. and how could you do that if she was going to be a beautiful mm-hmm. feminine woman. How yeah. how how on earth how could we possibly have nuance? How how on earth could she possibly be evil? Right. How right. could she be strong yeah. and vengeful? And- how could anyone find this beautiful when yes. it's like because it is? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but what? How could she be all of those things? Right. How yeah. could she she do both? No. You yeah. need to be this domineering domineering powerful sorcery of a character. Yeah. So obviously you can't be feminine. Yeah. And this was yeah. like the role where she was able to do all of that mm-hmm. um and i think that honestly it just feels like a no-brainer <laughs> um, i honestly wish i could say that i think this was some big grand like push um mm-hmm. on the part of the production and don't get me wrong i think they did do perfect casting but yeah. i don't even i don't even know if i would say i think they thought that hard about it i don't know if i would <laughs> even think they said we're doing something radical it's just yeah. very obvious yeah and the fact that it isn't to some people and a lot of the industry is just sad because i think that there are also a lot of people in a lot of productions that wouldn't even think twice like mm-hmm. yeah of course we want somebody that's like more domineering to to and large a little larger than life to kind of play this like principle of this mm-hmm. school for outcast who's like yeah. ruled with an iron fist who you kind of need to be a little bit weary of through the entire show you yeah. know and then grow to love at the end yeah um but i just think it's it's just so shocking to hear that this was the first role of this kind that she was able to, to book and really like get to be herself in yeah that's insane. It's insane. I hope it helps I mean, a lot of other actors. The crazy thing is though. that it's not insane, but it should be insane. Exactly. I hope it helps like a lot of other actors to um yeah. just just kind of breaking out of those shells of what you're what you're allowed to to mm-hmm. kind of play in. Mm-hmm. Um there's also the infamous love triangle <laughs> uh, that gets messier and messier as time goes along. Did you have somebody that you were shipping before you knew anything? Uh, no. I feel like I wasn't really... Okay, this is awful. Um, But I feel like I wasn't really paying attention to, like, the love scenes. Like, it was more of just, like, when, like, something, like, loud and violent was happening. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. when, like, the apex of action was happening. that I was like, oh, my God. You know, but, like, the B and C plots, I wasn't there for. That's where it was there for. It yeah. definitely was Team Xavier um and then I wasn't because I didn't think at some point that Wednesday deserved Xavier mm. which I think is also a nice thing to be able to to feel right like mm-hmm. she still had that darkness that kind of was creeping out which I think is so fun to be able to watch in a character um somebody that like kind of evolves that you can disagree with mm-hmm. um which was very fun but it's always so funny that we can need to come back to these three, yeah three-part love triangles in every show yeah I mean they're a classic they're a classic but also uh it is funny because it feels like the the norm, the expectation, the stereotype is like I guess, and it always does seem like in in real life, like women are usually too good for men. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it is really interesting and almost very feminist for the man to be too good for the woman because like it shows that he's way more emotionally in tune and evolved as like a person and a being to be able to provide that type of like love and support, and that for someone not to be able to do that, like while it doesn't make them worse, I just think it, like, puts them in a very different place in life. That's such a good point. This show had really great emotional male characters. Mm. Even even with Tyler and his deception and deceiving nature and treachery <laughs> and murderous, <laughs> murderous in herself. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Like, even to the very end, we kind of get to see this good example of like a boy who's very patient and Mm. very forgiving his forgiveness seems to know no ends yeah and (laughs) it makes him stronger it makes him too good for her instead of being um like the joke of the show you know the like the character who's obviously never gonna get her it's like well he's never gonna get her because he's too good for her and she has to work for it yeah she (laughs) needs to work on herself yeah and even still at the very end he's like i'm still here us being like we're feminists females need to work harder Harder. yes and that is that is the feminist right that the feminist that she gets to be imperfect she gets to have she's not like better than everyone Mm -hmm. in the show and sitting on like a moral high ground but she is also like the Mm -hmm. coolest character which is super fun yeah Okay, let's get into Jenna Ortega's 
incredible performance because this definitely <laughs> was stand out um, and so cookie and cool. Did you know that she choreographed that dance herself? I did find out later. Yeah. I think, I actually don't know how I found out. But yeah, uh, I did find out that she, uh, what was it? She took it from old goth like dance videos, I yeah. think, or like concert yeah. videos. And she also does like the original like um, Wednesday Adams dance, like the little like crazy legs like dance for a second. Oh, really? Yeah, Aww. which is like super cute. Um, that, that there's like that little anecdote in there to that. I think that was such a special moment. I think everyone's TikTok feeds have literally mm. been just a mash of people doing this and yeah, uh, yeah. a lot <laughs> yeah, totally. and like, like that dance and this and all the outfits from that scene that dress I think is going to be the like number one Halloween costume next year yeah if anybody remembers I mean it's basically just Beetlejuice but black <laughs> yeah that's, that makes so it's such a fun cute scene honestly I wish there were more people that were like dancing or anybody was calling out that what she was doing was strange <laughs> but everybody just seems to be like quite into it which I think is so funny because thinking about putting that scene in like the real world is like what the hell is going yeah. on also the production of Thing did you see how Thing was made made like Thing like how they produce Thing in the I show I don't remember I mean if you say it I'll probably yeah, remember it's actually a full man I don't remember that <laughs> <laughs> this is incredible i i really don't know what i was thinking i thought that it was a lot of cgi but it's actually a real hand it's actually a real hand it's a real hand in real full makeup do you mean like a dead human hand nope nope it's a real hand prosthetic please nope. say yes mm -hmm. real human hand a dead human hand nope real human i don't hands understand what you're saying no, real human hand attached to a real human man Oh, so he's just in green. Oh, he's in blue? Yeah, oh, in what? a blue screen suit through everything. So does dots. that mean that, like, he's just wearing a sleeve and then they animate the bottom of the hand? Yeah. Okay. So this is, like, his actual hand in full makeup. And he's everywhere... He is everywhere that thing is. So every time you've seen Thing in the show, he's, he's wearing a mask in this photo. <laughs> he's lying on the ground, wearing a mask with his hand up. I mean, how uncomfortable! His legs are Where's over there. The rest of his, his body? legs are over there. So he's like draped <laughs> under this desk, this, this mock desk, right? And this is, they were like, we're, we're going to do something so original, but we're going to put this actor through hell. We're going to make his life miserable so we miserable. can say it was so real. That, so that he's can be crawling he's, along. He's just around Jenna Ortega's ass the, the whole time. Like, look at <laughs> Look at, look at, do you remember the scenes where he's like just crawling on the ground? <laughs> A grown man was probably paid thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars to do this. Honestly, I will say it is funny to think about acting through your fingers. Right? Because in this photo, his hand is like cr like crouched is yeah. the only word I guess I could say. Which is funny because if you're like a full man and your hand is in the shot, like I don't know, like... It's just a fucking hand, but yeah. to be like making a choice, like obviously if I didn't have a body, I would be crouched. Yeah. It's so, it's like, it, it is just like creating a, a world for a character in a way yeah. that's very funny for a very limited, like physical character. Right. I mean, imagine that this man for Thing wins like best supporting actor <laughs> like, for an Emmy. But Honestly, like, that would be my Iconic. Dream. I mean, he says nothing. It doesn't speak, but he says so much. And then what, what if just the hand accepts it? That's just so good. <laughs> and the hand cries. The hand cries and weeps and wipes its, its, and wipes everyone's its eyes. Crying. Yes. Everyone standing ovation. Yes. Yes, with two hands. And clap. it's just him in the blue suit. <laughs> I mean, that hand with the mask was on the ground. Spoiler alert, season two is already confirmed, of course. Oh, really? Yes, wow. confirmed. When? I think like the day after it came out. Oh, they were like, okay, this yeah, is Yeah, yeah, we're going. doing it again. And you this know, is trending up. Yes. And usually Netflix series have like a tentative two season deal anyway. Mm. Have their pilot season so that that second season is so quick to renew if the numbers are there. But come on. I mean, they are going to milk this till the cows come home. And mm. I'm looking forward to it because there's a lot of things that don't get wrapped up. Like Principal Weems, is she dead? I don't know. We don't see a funeral. We didn't see her go in the ground. Mm. She just gets stabbed by the little 
thing and she hits the ground and then apparently it's over but they're in a rush because they need to go like mm-hmm. save the school so they have to leave her mm-hmm. we see nothing happen to that body we don't see it get yeah and did nothing. they uh not know they were gonna get a second season like what I feel like it's left like that on purpose to just okay. say if we get a second season, she's probably alive. I think she's alive, you know. And then like, what's the last scene we see is like Tyler. I like you're like, we don't Ray. know. I know she's. Alive. I know she's. Alive. I know she's. Alive. It's like why? We don't know you? what happened. No, we know. We know. We know. We know. Because like she was such a big deal. I mean, like literally everybody is obsessed with Gwendolyn Christie now. There's no way they're not going to say you're going to have to come back. You're going to have to be risen from the dead. We're going to have to come up with a story plot line uh, of you. And it sounds like Tyler's um, hide is coming back because like the last mm. scene of the show. Was I mean, him, honestly, like, transforming. that would be a story for sure. Right. I would love to know his or have his point of view in that. But also is Stranger Things the longest running Netflix show? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, um, maybe House of Cards, I guess, but obviously it got canceled. I don't know. But it is, it is interesting that I guess it doesn't really feel like a lot of Netflix series really go beyond three seasons. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. maybe four, but that's, that's, a good point. that's a lot. Like a lot. when Stranger Things got four, I was like, wow, like, yeah. that's a lot of seasons. It and is. I think they have a fifth one coming out, yeah. which is weird because wasn't four in part one and part two? It was. I don't know. I have not kept up with Stranger Things. I won't lie. Speaking of dark academia. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Honestly, it's a dark ass show. I think that's actually yeah. why I couldn't watch it. It was like so dark. I was like, okay, I'm but it, like but a- it also like that's to them like another. If that is another good example of it, then it's like of course this show that's based in the same way is going to do phenomenal. All right. So now that we know season two is confirmed, mainly in part by how the internet and the world has perceived and received this show <laughs> let's get into it because okay. the gossip <laughs> oh yeah what's the been tea. happening um so the entire tiktok timeline is basically wednesday inspired oh really i mean we're about to see black hair extreme bangs uh across the forehead bangs um <laughs> petite french girl bangs curtain bangs curly bangs lots of black lace tools strange <laughs> awkward dancing set to goth 80s music schoolgirls outfits and everybody including myself i am not above this i'm not i have no even doubt in my mind uh will be wednesday adams for halloween next year in the <laughs> sexiest version i don't know which version of wednesday i'll be i'm going back and forth between the cat outfit because i was so unnecessarily hot i'm still not over that um or that beautiful dress um but it will be one of those with the signature pigtails for sure i i will say i'm 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 a proponent of the dress. The dress is very I nice. Know. I know. It's so good. You, a cat outfit you can reuse, but the dress you could wear later. But the PR team for the show is, like, on fire. Like, I, mm-hmm. I really do think, like, yes, they they definitely striked while the iron was hot. I do think it's a little weird that this came out after Halloween. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like that was on purpose, honestly. I, feel I like, think it was a mistake. I think it was, I think like, it was running just, like, a little bit yeah, behind because totally. this was a perfect pre-Halloween debut. They would have sold, they would have made so much money yeah. around Halloween time, yeah. but, um, you know, whatever, they're still next year, but they're, but you know, whatever, whatever, next time, try it better. Try again next time. <laughs> be a little earlier for your release next year, yeah, which do they better. should be. Uh, anyway, they're probably going to go right back into production. Um, but the PR for this show and the marketing is just, I mean, like a slam dunk. They're doing everything right. If you could write PR, you would want to write it like this. Yeah. It's like they've learned everything from sort of like, like uh, euphoria on how to grip uh, mm. a, a, a generation's attention. If you have the attention of viewers that are hyper, hyper online, the chronically online <laughs> between the ages of 16 and 30, you've mm. got a successful show on your hands and they are making sure to keep their names in like everyone's mouth with these. I mean, first of all, Wednesday Adams has a Twitter. <laughs> she has a Twitter with an iconic bio. Like, for, like the show created a Twitter for Wednesday Adams. For the character, Wednesday Adams, who okay. tweets regularly with a, a bio that says, a tortured writer emphasis on torture and has <laughs> 164,000 followers. Oh, already. wow. So to follow Wednesday as if she's an actual person, as if it's actually yeah. like Jenna Ortega yeah. um, tweeting them. Um, but there's also like these incredible like pressy soundbite moments yeah that jenna is on a roll with i mean you've seen that jenna and gwendolyn interview right the one where i don't think so where jenna sits have you seen that one where she sits next to gwendolyn i have to show it to you though. oh i don't yeah i haven't seen it Anyway, I'm sorry. So basically, there's this interview that's gone viral of Jenna Ortega and Gwendolyn Christie and a lot of the members of the uh, cast of Wednesday 
on an interview with TV Insider where Jenna takes the mic from Gwendolyn and says, like, thank you, my woman, and then clarifies that she did say that and says that uh, Gwendolyn is her wife and that every time she looks at her, basically, that she gets flustered, <laughs> which is very funny because, I mean, T, like, that's what everybody's saying about Gwendolyn at this point. I mean, if you could wrap up the press, <laughs> the press strategy and reaction of this show i would call it thirst because i feel like <laughs> everyone's thirsty i mean i've even seen people thirsting over thing the Ew. hand people are making compilations but you know what if it's hand. for the guy who played the hand good for him i know but <laughs> just his hand they're only interested in the hand hands can do great hands things, can do great things. Uh, but this has really been going viral it is such a fascinating interview because when you first watch it because of how young jenna ortega just looks even though she is 20 i know and i know she's an adult but you're watching it and you're just kind of like what's happening but also like i ship it oh well it's it's interesting because i never seen any interview don't know anything about jenna's personality you know her sense of humor whatever so like seeing that it's like the humor is so dry yeah that it's almost like is it funny you know yeah, or like, like is it real? a joke yeah, yeah, yeah. and then so it's funny because when you were looking up the video I thought I read a crazy title and yeah. I didn't at all realize it was going to be connected to the video I thought it was just like crazy like no. you know like I don't I don't even fucking know but I uh saw a title that said like our uh Gwendolyn Christie and um Jenna Ortega. Jenna Ortega dating and I was like that can't be real yes. So I, I, it's funny because I don't think it's real. No, no, no. And, and but it obviously been... is one of those things where it's like, yeah, if you don't really know this person and you, and you don't have any contacts, like, so dry. I've like, have you ever heard of a joke? Yes. <laughs> like, dry, but yes. dry. But that's exactly you know what I mean? her, like, her, like, it, her humor also, I feel like in that way is very, like, um, like, Gen Z, which I saw a really mm -hmm. fascinating internet analysis on the different levels of irony and like the way we don't have to explain that it's a joke to know it's a joke, but in a way that it would be hard to explain to my parents that I know it's a joke because Jenna Ortega has the ability to like queer code any character she's in. Mm -hmm. And that is also her humor. Like every mm -hmm. time she, if she's in an interview with anybody. And that's also kind of like, how women act with yes, each other. Exactly. So it's like so normal and plausible. Yes. And she'll say that and she won't mean it, but she'll also mean it a hundred percent. You know what I mean? Exactly. Where it's like, she's absolutely my wife. Yes. That, and Duh. That, and that's Which is the, why it's both yeah. like not even a joke because no. it's not a joke. Exactly. You know? It's like, no, she's my wife. Or like, it's even like the, the, ultimate like inverse irony where it's like no of course she's but not because my wife. she's not hyper feminine about yeah. it i'm literally grazing your leg <laughs> as i'm talking about it for some reason because she's not hyper feminine i guess in the way that she presents that statement i think it almost like makes her uh make it seem less like a joke you know what i mean because yeah. like in a way i think people take women less seriously the more effeminate they are essentially yeah. and so like the the less effeminate she is about the things that she says she sounds like she's being serious or, and i also you know? think like she also means to queer code it like i don't mm -hmm. think she's even trying to say it like we're being friends i think like yeah. she has a very sexual way of like just like her personality honestly mm. which is very fun and like funny to watch even with her like other castmates like when she does um interviews with um actress that plays Enid is she Disney is she uh Jenna Ortega yeah yeah I think she's she's a Disney kid okay. I didn't watch any of her like I think she was like right past mm -hmm. our time when she started like being mm -hmm. in Disney shows the first yeah. time I remember seeing her is as the younger sister in you what was that like you season two um oh. uh for one of the like um uh, like the character one of the characters like younger sisters that Joe yeah. ends up like having to like babysit one night and she has that like iconic line where she says everyone wants to fuck the 14 year old like understanding like that, like 14 year olds are always going to be like like as a 14 year old girl she's like the in the most danger in like society of being like she yelled raped, at her basically. baby sister i mean baby so, like the man that was supposed to be kind of like helping her you know like That's as joe so was but she's funny. like she's like oh you sure you don't want to because everyone wants to like basically like like it was such a real like and like a jarring like a statement to make and i just remember being like oh like that's kind of like who she kind of is um oh, and, and interesting things that okay she, and things that she says that but even just in her interview she has this like a beautiful way of completely just playing with people like you know when she, Inter okay so, so so it sounds like do you feel like the casting was good not just because she can look like Wednesday Adams, but, but also like because she okay okay yeah. interesting yeah I think she also really loves this role and she's even said it because it felt 
like very similar to how she would react to things like she's very introverted she doesn't have that many friends like she's kind of keeps to herself she's Mm -hmm. got kind of like a biting tongue she's she has the most mischievous look on her face at every i mean she is she's the kind of person that can be sitting next to somebody there could be a rumor swirling around Mm. that like this her and this person are gonna run away and like have a life together and like someone's cheating on their wife or something with her and and she would be like fully she would fully walk into the interview room and like sit mm -hmm. on the person's lap you know what i mean and like everything she so i think that when she says things like that about gwendolyn i actually think she means it yeah but not in a way that's like you're supposed to think we're dating but also like you totally can like go ahead and do that you know it's like yeah so okay I think that's so interesting because I didn't really know where she came from but I kind of knew her as a child actor vaguely I guess and so I just assumed she was like the next gen of Disney yeah but Disney is so curated yeah it is and so when I think about people with a background in Disney specifically women uh I think about like the Selena Gomez, Demi, Miley, before they left Disney. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Where they're like, they show up, they know that their contract says they have to act a certain way. They know they have to be a certain type of woman, certain type of feminine, certain type of polite. And so in in that way, um, it's interesting because they're like the, the antithesis of what you expect a like polite Disney girl to act like. Yeah. And so... Yeah, it, it felt like uh, other than maybe her age or looking like, I was like, oh, kind of a random cast, you know? Yeah. But it is interesting to hear that, like, that is also just, like, how she has, like, the way Aubrey Plaza, like, her character in Parks and Rec was, like, created around the way that she walked into the room, and, like, yeah. you know? And so, like, I think uh, that's really cool to hear. She, she, she went to her first, she said she had her first Zoom meeting with Tim Burton. She had come just off of a project that she was working on. Like, she had come off the stage of the project oh, she was well. working on. So she was still covered in, like, blood and guts um, <laughs> SFX when she had the meeting with Tim Burton. And she decided to go to the meeting with that on her face Honestly, and do her first perfect. read. And yeah. it was perfect. And she said that Tim was delighted and yeah. thought it was amazing and if hilarious. Anyone, first of all, that's a great move. It is. Second of all, uh, yeah, Tim out of anyone would love that. Exactly. And yeah. to just show up deadpan. Like, yeah. hello, nice to meet you, Mr. Tim. Like, you know, like, <laughs> like, like thank you. Mr. Tim. Like, hello, Mr. Burton. Like, you know, like, just, like, covered in blood. You know, and he's like. This is her. Yeah. This is her. You know, um, and I think that's so <laughs> funny. But she has, I mean, what a sign of the times and like generational shift that she has literally been shipped with everyone in the show from the roommate to the headmistress yeah, to every yeah. man that she was in the show with i mean i think that is just so funny like i don't know if there's a character that jenna has not been shipped with publicly but one that i find so hilarious probably and christina i feel like people christina. would think that that's like incest yes exactly <laughs> like, like the same person yeah that's how too much they? of like a second yeah. coming for people like, although oh, how insane would it be if they made christina and wednesday love you know what i mean yeah, like yeah, that, that, that would so... I, I feel like people would be like what, what? Yeah, yeah it's weirdly the only one that i'd be like mm, that sounds wrong yeah. yeah my favorite shipping so far because i don't see it and sorry if i'm hurting anyone's feelings i don't see it enid and um wednesday i don't see it is who's enid again the roommate I mean, there have been like um, threads of like the way they look at each other, the way they hug. I think it's so I mean, funny. I, I guess see I it. see it in terms of like if you live together and become really close yeah. and you're both hot, like why not? Yeah. But um, well, if you actively see it, I was like, people are like the way they hugged in that last scene. I'm like, I thought I it was just know. like I mean, I, I will say it seemed like there were hints there. Yeah. But I think those hints were just because the time is different and anything can happen. Yeah, because if you can catch a vibe with literally anybody, now you're looking at every TV character like, "Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, So the ships were just kind of amazing. But uh, Jenna herself hasn't publicly announced like her sexuality. Um, And to put aside any random rumors that she is... (laughs) dating Gwendolyn um besides the 24 year age gap which like guys I'm so sorry but like that might be where I draw the line (laughs) um Gwendolyn has been with her partner um Gil's deacon for nine years and he's a like fashion designer from England Um, I for some reason I really thought she was gay honestly when I look at Gil's not to say anybody can look queer okay so i'm saying here but when I when I see Gil's (laughs) it is the first thing that goes through it just feels like two queer people in a relationship, which it might be. I think it's because it looks like Andy Warhol. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. I wouldn't be surprised if they were like both she queer. Looks, she looks gorgeous, but I do want her. I, I, 
she's a queer icon. Yeah. So it's like, you know. Yeah. It's like a little letdown, you it know? It feels like a letdown. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It feels like you could have done better, <laughs> you know? Like could have been like settled. a win for the girls, and yeah. you, you're just kind of like shocked. You're like, oh, yeah. okay. The girls will never be okay after this. Yeah, I'm like, mm, okay, I don't know if I like... I don't know if that's like the history I am. I'm I disappointed. Yeah, I know. I don't know if that's the history like I choose to believe. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, because I get to create my you own truth. You know what? <laughs> I either choose to believe that it's either Giles or Giles. I, 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 I can't remember from Buffy, to be honest. But uh, I think it's Giles. Let's go with Giles for now. Um, Giles. Deacon, Mr. Deacon. So I just she, she Giles was a better name. Think, <laughs> okay, now we're over. Oh, I think so too. Oh my gosh. Um, Jenna has not publicly announced her sexuality, and like obviously she doesn't have to because yeah. you know no one has to. Yeah, yeah. It's. I mean, it would. It, I love that we are able to and have the opportunity to talk about it and be so open about it. But I would also love to get to like a post. Uh, society where it's just like yeah. everyone accepts that they're a little bit queer and not that you're like an outsider or weird if you're not but like yeah that's exactly okay like there you doesn't don't need really to be care. like a pomp and circumstance song and dance like you need to make some a uh, big announcement it's just like someone can be like hey are you interested or i find you attractive and then you're like oh sorry i don't really find you attractive yeah you know and that's exactly. the end of the story or like meh. i do feel like it is fun kind of this generation i feel like is burgeoning on something like that, like a bit closer, because yeah. I feel like right now, I mean, everyone kind of feels queer. Yeah, but depending on like you know, yeah, and where you live and like what you're kind of surrounded right, by right. and how people are, how open people are. But I do feel like I, we are kind of in a time period where when I meet people, I kind of just assume you're queer until proven otherwise. Like, <laughs> yeah, uh, just to like go into yeah. it with like just so nothing you do would ever surprise me because I'm yeah. like I just kind of assume right everything. I'm like okay, yeah, yeah you're open to everything, and then yeah. until you tell me otherwise, like so many people are mad at Harry for never confirming oh one gosh, way or no, I another. Love it. I love it, and it and it's like it is it is a weird um, privilege, you yes. know, to not have to say like yeah. it is in the way that like if you're heterosexual, like you don't ever have to confirm it, no. you know. So I I think in a weird way, like although obviously it's causing a lot of frustration, and I'm sure there are people that are like, oh, but it would be great to have a role model or you know whatnot. But in a weird way, that does feel like building a bridge for Jenna. Yeah, and I also feel like he's a role model for a world in which I mean, not Jenna specifically. It's like saying she's queer, but no, you no, know, but like building a bridge for like <laughs> for people for, in general to yeah. not be able to have to say one way or another. Yes, and and just to literally because you don't know sometimes yeah. it changes from day to day. And Harry said as much that he's like, well, we're all just figuring it out. So why say why make some big grandiose statement that could be a little different yeah. today, a little different tomorrow? Uh, yeah, people people have you know heterosexual partners for sixty years and then just feel differently and like have something open up that wasn't there before and. You know, doesn't make one thing either more accurate or better. Like, you know, you just never know. To wrap this, just a bit of housekeeping here. Tim Burton. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I, you know, I have to admit he's one of my favorite directors, truly. Mm. If I have to pick one of the big, you know, I don't know how many of them there are. But like the big eight, I don't know. One of the, one of the big, the, the top directors that, you know, that are household names. He's most definitely my favorite you know it is hard because he has always <laughs> had all white cast and mm. he had mm. famously said in 2016 that the reason he doesn't cast people of color in his productions is because they don't call for them <laughs> and that if something doesn't call for that what? you don't need to like cr- make room for it and then he also um, I don't even know what that means yeah exactly <laughs> that the, basically saying he dreams in white and so that's, oh and so that's what he's gonna do he's like well that's what the vision in my head. Is. I dream in white. Just like, like when I think of characters, he's someone that pronounces the W. The w. White. <laughs> yes, like that. <laughs> and then he compared like his work uh, to black exploitation films, like of that era, which were, uh, which is just insane. What? Like basically saying like there was like a need for all black films, and he was like, and I didn't watch them in question. Like where are all the white people? Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, so the the, the grave just got Timmy to Timmy. Yes. Timmy. The, the you grave need your just got godparents. <laughs> it's where godparents to rewind some time because yeah. the grave was getting deeper <laughs> yeah. and deeper. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Oh God! Yeah, he's just J.K. Rolling that. No, he really was. Possible that's just become like a like a thing. Like well, you know what we're talking about. Yeah. Digging that grave real deep yeah. when no people stopped asking questions. We weren't asking. You kept yeah. going. Yeah. Um, and, and no one it, wanted to know. No one wanted to know. <laughs> Keep these thoughts to yourself, please. I don't know if you remember that. Like led to a lot of people. I remember like in 2017, like drawing themselves into Tim Burton characters mm. um, as kind of like a way to like. To like a uh, protest what he was saying like oh, we cool. absolutely can be characters in your movies um and we don't have to be like weird oddity characters yeah. um so you know th- this kind of feels in a way not to randomly give him all the props after doing one good thing <laughs> um but this does feel like in a way a good turnaround mm-hmm. uh, to a a production that I, I mean i think if i were to think of the entire cast is I mean, maybe not, I haven't done the entire head count. Maybe it's not mostly POC, but it damn near feels like it, or is at least 50%. Something I would like to speak to is that I have seen a lot of criticism online. A lot of people saying that all of the black characters in the show at least start out as villains. Mm. Um, And honestly, when I first heard that, I kind of had the same gut reaction of like, oh, that's so true. Mm. Bianca, the siren, she's a villain. Mm. Um, The boy from the normie school that, that like, puts the red paint in the school he's a villain like i was like wait Mm. you're so right they're all villains but then i actually thought about it and i was like well they also have like really great story arcs and honestly guys everyone in this yeah i was gonna say isn't wednesday a villain she wednesday's a villain the only non she killed someone for some reason but she she just casually talks about murder yeah she just casually murders she dropped piranhas in a pool she's definitely a villain the only two non-villain characters girl who's the roommate is no she's not the only three that aren't is enid xavier and the beautiful poor soul the the, the boy who ends up <laughs> the in hand? the no, no. the hand the hand, the <laughs> hand. also the hand the, has done some dirt the hand shit. has done some dirt yeah. and come on now we would have n- not liked it if the only black character in the show was the hand um but also the um the boy who the classmate <laughs> can you imagine i totally forgot the hand wasn't no the hand is not black um the um the um that's so true the um <laughs> The boy, Eugene, the friend that mm-hmm. she she befriends, the, the like the a beekeeper friend. And I mean, well, Eugene is a POC. He's Middle mm-hmm. Eastern. Mm-hmm. He's played by Musa Mustafa. And that's like beautiful mm-hmm. casting there. Um, then the other two are white. But th- th- then there's no other characters. Yeah. Everyone else is a villain. All of the main villains in the show are white. And the ones without like character story arcs. Yeah. Um, and so then we just have these other two characters who have powerful story arcs who are also main characters. Because then we could mm-hmm. surely trickle them into like some of these side characters who only appear in like two scenes but in order to kind of be in the main character plot of a dark academia show you kind of have to be a villain so so i do think that in this case i i don't necessarily think that that was something that was done at all maliciously um Mm -hmm. bianca's like the head bitch in charge like she's like the it girl the smart it girl she's not like she's just like mean she's like very intelligent hardworking, really beautiful like you know um really powerful which are all like really big deals in yeah. any dark academia subplot so i think that i i don't i didn't see that aspect and i think yeah. that there's like some something to kind of take relief in to kind of realize like oh yeah there's really not that many options yeah, of yeah, characters yeah, what yeah, else yeah. who else are they gonna be you know <laughs> are they gonna be the monster in the woods or are they gonna be like the evil person trying to kill people right. like they're just like but a even little a monster mean. in the woods and the evil person are all everyone's evil everybody's yeah. evil and i'm yeah. like and if anything on the evil scale they're actually not that evil they're kind it's of like if mean. everyone is evil then no one is evil exactly yeah. <laughs> Now it's time for the wrap up, which means I want to know if there's anything you're obsessed with. Mm. I've been obsessed with like a lot of like, like emo, emo punk, um, rock kind of like albums right now Ooh. and finding them on vinyl. Yes, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's true. So if you know where to find any of Vance Gavin Dance's uh, albums on vinyl, please let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Lord, what have you been obsessed with lately? Okay. Um, I would say tarot. I went to my friend's house for part of Thanksgiving and she brought out a tarot deck and like read my tarot and it was very fun. And then, uh, we read a couple other people's tarot and then, uh, went home and I was like, I need to buy a deck. (laughs) And so, yeah, that's been really fun because I feel like it's been like learning a new language. And then I brought it to Big Rocks. I read people's tarot at Big Rocks. And every time I read someone's tarot, they were like, holy shit, like, this is really good. So, yeah, that's been what I'm obsessed with. Oh, that's so exciting. I'm excited for your, for your tarot journey. That's definitely something I will be 
looking into in the new year too it seems really fun oh i'm gonna give you a reading before the new year oh wonderful (laughs) anyway i'm obsessed with you i'm obsessed with you and uh i'll see you later